Hi, welcome to Love Reality Shift Podcast. So today, my soul sister Tanya and I are going to talk about passion and burnout in the relationship. Enjoy! Hi everyone, so why passion and burnout happen in a relationship? Hi Tanya, how are you? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. So we're going to be talking about why passion and the burnout happened in a relationship. This is going to be a great topic because no matter where you are in the relationship, long-term relationship or married relationship, you can benefit from this talk. So passion and the burnout happens in the relationship as well. As you guys know, this happens in the workplace. And then when a lot of you guys are into your career, those of you who are millennials and a little bit older generation who are still thriving and being a management position and the leadership position, um, you may be also started to having domestic partner relationship or marriage. And since your main focus is your career, your career passion and your relationship burnout or relationship burnout regarding to loss of passion is closely connected to each other. So, a lot of times we experience loss of passion. Um, when I speak to my client, when they come to me about uh, passion recovery issues, stress and anxiety is one of or some of the issue because uh, people are having a lot of stress and a lot of responsibility at the workplace this will translate into their relationship. Sorry, my sister was texting me too. <laughs> I'm trying to carry on three conversations at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, I think what happens is people get lazy. <laughs> you know, I think people just straight up get lazy and I think they stop, they get complacent. Right. And, um, I see it happen in a lot of relationships. Um, I've actually seen it happen in my relationship and it's something that you have to kind of, um, stay on top of, right? Like it's really easy to get stuck into the day to day grind of, you know, it's like groundhog day. You wake up and do the same thing all over again. You wake up, you get dressed, you get showered, you get ready, you go to work, you come home, you eat dinner, you sit down, you chat for a little bit, you watch TV, you do whatever, you go to bed, you wake up and do it again all the next day. And before you know it, it's like three, four, five years have gone by, you know, all you're doing is dealing with the kids or maybe, you know, you're doing stuff on the weekends occasionally. But if you don't stay on top of things and like actually cultivate your relationship, it's easy for it to fall to the wayside. And then before you know it, you're living like roommates. So when passion dies, when passion dies in a relationship, I don't think so much as a result of the fact of people like 
getting to the point where they're like, oh, I'm not attracted to you anymore. I think it really happens because it's like those little things. You guys, you stop doing the little things. Like you stop sending each other little love notes. You stopped checking in with each other during the day. You stop, um, you know, like when you walk by each other, you know, it's like the little touches, you know, like the little touch on the arm or the squat on the butt or like the little things that keep you connected. And if you're not like regularly making time for each other, whether it's making time dating each other, making time going out together, making time having fun together just as a couple and not as a family, I think it's easy to lose passion. And I think if you make an effort, because I know because I've been there, right? I've been there because I'm married. I've, I've been together with my husband. We've been together going on 15 years now. And and I've been in this situation where it's like, you know, a couple of years have gone by and I woke up and I was like, God, you know, we're kind of living like roommates. This sucks, you know? And I, I've talked to him about it. He's like, yeah, I'm not happy. Are you happy? I'm like, no, I'm not happy. I'm like, let's get back to where we were. So, you know, you have to have those open lines of communication and be like, okay, let's make a conscious effort. So, you know, it takes two, right? It takes two people. So communicating openly about it, about what you're not happy about, about where you want to go, about what you want to get back to. If you used to be super passionate about each other, you know, hey, what can we do to get back to that place. And I know that's what's worked with me and my husband. And we sat down to have a conversation about it, right? Like, I miss this about us. I miss us going out and having fun. I miss us going out with friends and as a couple and doing stuff, you know, because life gets busy. And if you let it, life will get in the way. You have to make a point of like staying connected to each other. And it's not just like regular sex. I mean, that is also important, but it's not just sex. Like, because you can go through sex and go through the motions too right? So you have to like date each other, right? You have to take time for each other. So whether it's date nights and going out and just celebrate being together and really connecting and like doing it intentionally is important. And you'll be surprised how just a couple little things will like spark that fire again. Cause I noticed this for sure. And my husband, when um, he was feeling kind of disconnected, you know, because like we've been wrapped up in the kids and work and traveling and all this other crap and, you know, family stuff and obligations and, and just like losing sight of each other as a couple. And, you know, he mentioned it to me and I'm like, yeah, no, hundred percent. You're right. Let's get back out to doing stuff together. And, you know, we just weren't feeling good about ourselves and let's get back to our workout routines and everything that we were doing and eating healthier and doing it together. And, um, we went out, I don't know, like a month ago, a couple weekends ago, but we've been routinely going out every weekend again. Right. And I just happened to like consciously say to him, you know, like, Hey, you know, I appreciate the fact that he dressed up. He looked really good. Right. And like, when you don't say, it's the little things that matter. It's the little things that add up. So he was sitting in the car with me and I was like, man, you are looking fine. You know, I'm like, you look really good. I'm like, wow, mama likes, right. You know, <laughs> it's like those little things that, um, and, and that I know he was kind of like, offhandedly, he was kind of like playing like, okay, yeah, whatever. But at the same time, he was kind of, I know that, I know that makes a difference. I know it makes a difference because I could see in his demeanor, he was carrying himself differently, right? Like he was standing a little taller, walking a little better, you know, those little compliments, those little strokes of affection and attention that you give each other that, that when you're dating and before you're married with kids and life and stuff like that, that you don't do so much anymore. If you can consciously make the effort to do that stuff, I promise you, it doesn't take very much of that to rekindle the fire in the bedroom and to rekindle your relationship. Because I notice now, like, as we've been doing this for the past several months, that 
you know, we are much more um, emotionally connected. We're much more intimately connected, like just on the day to day, not just in the bedroom. So like, you know, him walking by me, he'll touch me, he'll pat my head, he'll touch my arm, he'll give me a little squeeze, you know, like we're connected, we're like in each other's energy. And that is totally different. And you have to do it intentionally. So that is the biggest thing I would say. And I think it's because people stop like being intentional. Yes, that's exactly apply for those of happy couples. Um, even like among soulmate or twin flame couples, believe it or not, people do experience loss of passion. Not too long, usually temporary, because I myself been there. Um, loss of passion situation. No relationship is safe from experiencing loss of passion. And life gets away a lot of time. And especially both of the couple is like into the career and then put a lot of effort and try to thrive what you are interested in or they are interested in, right? And then when that happens, you love each other, but when night nighttime comes, Monday through Thursday, you don't really have enough energy left to make love. And Friday, you're kind of totally exhausted because it's last day of the week, right? So only time maybe you can connect with each other is on the weekend. So I don't have kids yet, but those of you who do have kids, on top of that, you have to take care of your kids. So definitely you may not have time to have morning making love routine or something like that, unlike the couple or newly married couple who do not have a kid, right? That happens. And when people do experience loss of passion, there is sometimes deeper than just, oh, uh, we are kind of getting um, complacent about relationship. Sometimes the loss of passion is one of the key or warning sign why this is not working out. Especially when it, when you are not having any kind of physical problem or emotional, I'm talking about mental health or psychological clinical issue. Let's say you're very healthy. All of us are wounded, so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about medically. If you are medically healthy and you are going through this kind of loss of passion experience, maybe you are experiencing it, your partner is experiencing it. Regardless, um, this might be the sign of the relationship problem. And sometimes, or a lot of times, we overlook about that 
especially um, when you, those of you are not having conversation. I'm not talking about conversation to do to-do list or conversation to say, hey, I have to get laid. I'm not talking about that kind of conversation. Conversation means you can talk about anything and everything with your partner. Anything and everything, including how you're feeling deep inside of you. You know, a uh, lot of times um, my clients are experiencing emotional disconnect. Not having emotional intimacy. And that's reflect their intimacy problem in bed. And uh, that can manifest from a lot of other relationship problems. Some people do have conflict or a much, much deeper issue. Some people might experience, some of my clients do, a betrayal issues, you know, or some sometimes when man goes through um, problem, they are having a crazy amount of stress at work. And it's not like you are going to share everything with a family member, you know, because you have to be the secure figure in the family. You, you don't want your partner to feel, feel really scared. Sometimes it helps to share the emotion. A lot of times it does. I mean, this is why I'm talking about you can talk about anything with anything as a couple. And when you have healthy relationship like that, it will help to relieve your stress level. But passion, passion and burnout, they are uh, having very uh, close relationship to each other because a lot of times when you are passionate about something, of course, a lot of times when you are in the relationship, especially in the beginning of the relationship, people are very passionate with each other. This is connected with hormones. You have a lot of cortisol or testosterone or endorphin and stuff like that in the beginning of the relationship and the oxytocins. And then after four or five years, those, those hormones goes down. So a lot of people who are having passion problem, they tend to talk about the libido level. So when all these hormones goes down and then you go experience less passionate relationship. And this is interestingly connected to a karmic toxic relationship too. Because a lot of times passion does a lot of trick to people's brain to think, oh my God, this is love of my life. But after four or five years, okay, what just happened? It's gone. You know? And people are trying so hard to go back to where it used to be in the beginning of the relationship. And then it's not happening. And they keep on experiencing disappointing experience 
keep on having a rejection over and over, then people do feel burnout. And how many times can you go through the rejection? You know, especially when you're female and you are used to having approach from your partner or your husband, but you have to be the one who has to go through that because your husband is having problem, your partner is having problem, for example, you know? I mean, either side relationship rejection is extremely painful. And after you are trying to make it happen and then not happening, you know, and then people will go through a burnout and this will affect psychologically too. Even though you're not having any kind of medical condition, it does affect psychologically. And then when you are in this situation, I've been in the situation. <laughs> and uh, so I understand how the client is going through, right? When you are in this situation, a lot of times you stop trying because you're gonna think, why, why bother, right? But if you want to keep your relationship and you want to bring your relationship back and that's what you want. And when your partner might not be feeling the same, this is going to lead a lot more disappointment and a lot more sadness along the road. Even both of you wants to bring relationship back into not the way it used to be, but a lot more passion on your own. It takes a lot of dedication and also a lot of research and a lot of understanding and a lot of um, unconditional love for each other to have a patience. And of course, bringing back to the relationship into the more passionate level, the delegation is very important. You know, instead of suck into the routine and then just assume whatever you are doing up till now in and out of the bedroom is enough. No, like we need to be trying a little more effort, you know, harder to bring back to not the way it used to be, but mutually satisfying manner for the both parties. Yeah, I know. I, I think that's certainly important too. Um, I think when it comes to burnout, I think a lot of times too with, um, with couples, and I think this is probably primarily with people who have kids. Um, I think it's easy to get overwhelmed with like, 
day-to-day life if you don't have a lot of support, um, whether it's uh, mutual family support or like, you know, support from your parents or, you know, extended family nearby. But when it comes to like taking care of the kids, depending on how many children you have, um, especially when they're younger and they're going to a lot of different ball games and things like that, they have a lot of activities. And I think, I think I've seen, I think people are starting to wake up to this a little bit more now, but I think in back in like, I don't know, I know for sure back in the like the eighties and nineties and two thousands, like everybody was really like, let's see how many activities we can get our children involved in. <laughs> like I look at my, um, I didn't do this with my children, but, um, I'm remarried, obviously, but my my husband's previous relationship and his children, um, I sat back and watched how many things that that they had them involved in, and I was like, "You are crazy! I'm like, you're crazy. Why are you so? Why are you have them in like so many things? Like, I think his brother's kids, my husband, my brother-in-law, his brother's children, my husband's brother's children, they have four boys. All four boys were in four traveling hockey teams like they were constantly on the road they were constantly traveling they were constantly going to hockey games and tournaments and and then there was wrestling and football and they were doing this to do that like they were always always going somewhere i'm like when do you like just chill i'm like you're always like in your life like they're constantly like every weekend was filled with traveling to Canada, traveling to, uh, you know, different states and different, like they were always going. And his other brothers, the same way with their kids, they're two, they have two daughters and two boys. And the same thing, the two girls were like gymnastics, cheerleading, this going here, going here, going there, going there constantly. The boys were going to football, going to soccer, going to wrestling, going to, I mean, going to hockey. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) it's too much. It's too much. And then you wonder why you burn out as a couple. When you're living your life entirely and it revolves entirely around your children. And I mean, not that I'm saying don't put your kids in stuff. Obviously, you want them to have a very enriching childhood experience. But I mean, like, I think enough's enough. I think there has to be a limitation, right? Especially when you have a bigger family. You know, if you have one child, it's one thing. But when you have four kids and they're all doing four different activities and they're all doing four different travel teams and all, I mean, it's just, it's too much. There are two of you. There's only two of you, right? You can't do that. And when you don't have any extended family supporting you to help you cart kids around to places and you're taking every single weekend to go travel for teams and, and sporting events and meets and matches and, and competitions and all this stuff, when do you have time for the two of you? You don't. And then what happens is, you know, there you spend all these years dedicated to your children, then they go off to college and then you're left with the two of you and you're like strangers in your own house. If you're not completely burnt out, you totally don't even recognize each other because here you are, it's 20 years later, and you have nothing in common with each other because you don't even know each other anymore. You've literally been living like you're constantly chauffeuring and valeting people back and forth. And unless you have intent, like I said, it all comes back to intention. You have to set aside time. You have to. You have to. You have got to make your relationship a priority or you will not have a relationship. It, it just, I've seen it happen before. And it's not just about communication. It's not just about how often you have sex. It is about intentionally cultivating the nurturing your relationship as if it's a third person. Like you have to do it. 
you have to, or you will not have it at all. And if you do this for years and years and years and focus all this energy and time and stuff on the family and the kids, when those kids grow up and they're out of the house, you are not going to have a relationship buffed and you're going to be starting from scratch. And a lot of times that's when people get into a lot of hot water because they're like, you know, when you see these kids who are like, my parents are getting divorced. I don't understand it. Like we've, they've been married for 30 years. You know, my parents are getting divorced and you know, their kids are in their twenties and thirties. It's because the kids are out of the house now. The parents, they, they don't know what to do with each other now. They're like left sitting there and they don't understand each other anymore. They can't talk to each other anymore. They maybe have their different interests and different hobbies and they've just grown so far apart. There's nothing, and let's say go to counseling or unless they're both really invested in putting that relationship back together again, you kind of start from scratch. You really do. Don't ever let it get to that point is what I'm saying. Don't let it get there. Recognize that, you know, it takes effort and consideration and you have to nurture it just like you would the child. Like, of course you want to nurture your children. You have to nurture your relationship exactly the same way. You've got to be conscientious about, am I investing in time? Because it's so easy. Trust me. It is so, so easy to slip into a pattern. It's so easy to slip into that, that kind of casual comfort zone of, yeah, well, we're just sitting on the couch and I'm on my phone. He's on his phone. And you're not connecting. You're not talking to each other. You're not you know, talking to each other at the dinner table. It is so easy. I've seen it happen time and time again. And before you know it, those days add up. Those days add up and they turn into years. And next thing you know, you do not have that emotional connection. And that's when people like are realizing, women are realizing, I don't have an emotional connection to my husband anymore. You know, or maybe he's like, hey, I don't feel emotionally connected or, or I'm not having sex anymore. And that's when people start cheating on each other. You know, they start looking elsewhere because they're not happy. But the reason why they're not happy isn't because they really don't love each other. It's because they are not connected. They lost the connection, that intimacy and that emotional intimacy. It is so, so important. I cannot stress it enough. Some relationship, they do have a cycles. And some relationship, people do have a lifetime contract. So that's, that's happened in marriage and a long-term relationship too. So... Uh, when people experience, not some people, some people experience, I would say some people, um, loss of passion and the burnout, that might be the sign of you run your relationship right course, your soul contract is over. So that's something people have to put in their mind put a note into it, which am I? But this has to do with what you want to do and your partner wants to do. Both of you wants to rekindle love for each other. You can. And what Tanya is saying about having intentional nurturing of the relationship, which is really important. I remember my parents. They are so in love, you know. I happen to be eyewitness. My dad was on top of my mom, and they're saying, oh, we are wrestling. <laughs> you know, I remember that. But they were what they were doing, I remember, every Saturdays, it was date night for them. Every Saturdays. It was night for my mom and my dad only, not with me. And then Sunday was family night, family day. So Sunday is 
I'm center of the whatever I want to do. But Saturday night, mom and dad. So I saw my parents and having a happy marriage. And, you know, even though my mom was a toxic person, the point is they had a really happy marriage. For weird reason, they loved, they loved each other. You know, my, my dad was saying before he was dying, I want to marry to you again, to my mom. So they're so in love with each other. And that's what my parents did. And because I've seen how my parents are, are connecting with each other, even though I was there. And, you know, Japan is a very kid-oriented culture. And uh, so they put the kid into everything. They are not a couple culture like United States. I've been educated here and then, you know, I grew up here, so I'm more Americanized. But I understand that like Japan is a lot more family-oriented culture, so they include kids with everything. You know, that may be why the statistics of sex rate is very low over there, you know. But regardless, um, when you stop having couple ritual, it will definitely affect your relationship because you become just mom and dad. That's it. You're no longer a couple. And then, you know, I was telling uh, my uh, long-term ex, you know, um, I, don't, I don't want to be mom and dad with you. I want us to be a couple because when, let's say, when we have a kid and our kids grow up and to be 18 or whatever, 21, they'll eventually leave us, you know, and then they have their own family, of course, you know, but they're not, they're not into our life. They'll leave eventually. Even though I don't have a kids yet, I know this fact. Because I myself, you know, left my parents very early. So that's happened. And then when that happens, what are you going to do, right? And then the relationship between the couple, you and your partner, is the most important relationship, more than kid, more than kid. And you want your husband, your partner to be a priority, not your kid, because kids will leave. And they have your, their own family and then they have their own life eventually, right? And then your blood relation, no matter what happens, a lot of times you're going to be connected. But you and your partner or you and your husband, you don't have a blood relationship. So it is much easier to cut the tie. So it is very important for both parties to make a lot of effort to stay connected with each other emotionally and physically. And 
when you stop doing that, let's say a lot of times, I don't really like generalizing man, but a lot of times in my experience, um, man started to feel like she's not going anywhere because we're such a tight, happy relationship. So I can kind of uh, relax and not putting any effort. For example, not conversating as much as we used to be doing in the beginning of the relationship. He may be looking at his cell phone way too long. Or when you go to the restaurant, you know, I'm the only person who is making effort to have a conversation versus he's just staring at his phone. So when one person is trying to connect and the other person is not trying to connect for whatever the reason, right? It will affect in the relationship eventually because in order to, even though you're having supposedly a healthy or happy relationship, it has to be mutually happy. It's not like one person is trying so hard to have a solid structure of happiness. It has to be both party put effort to have solid relationship with each other. And sometimes when whichever the party think like, okay, uh, we are so solid because we're married or whatever, and then my partner is not going anywhere because we're locked. No relationship is locked. If any of you are not trying or making effort to be happy with each other, make the other person happy as well. And the other person, your partner is making you happy. When you don't have a mutual giving and receiving love, it will eventually affect your relationship and the passion department as well, more or less. Sometimes, you know, when people are talking to each other and we, we are kind of the couple can talk about anything, you can stop this loss of passion problem temporarily. It's not going to go on like years or years, maybe like a couple months. But still, people do go through this. And it's very important for us to put a lot of effort into the relationship. That's what called commitment. When we committed each other, we're not going to just assume this is autopilot. Just because you are having kids with each other or married to each other and assume your person is not going anywhere. That's being so lazy. <clears throat> yeah, and it's, um, you know, and that's the thing too. I find that a lot. You look at, if you go out anywhere, like, we go out to eat a lot. So if you go out to eat and you go sit at couples and you watch, if you just kind of watch, you know, like if you're watching people or, you know, say your partner happens to be sitting there and maybe they're, maybe they're on the phone, whatever. If you just kind of eyeball people and look around and watch how many people are on their phones, watch how many people are on their phones and not talking to each other. 
Watch how many people are not engaging with each other because they're too busy with their noses in their phones. You see all kinds of couples out there. They're like, oh, maybe they, maybe they are going out. Maybe they're going out together and having fun. And then you see them in, uh, like constantly in their phone. They're like, you're the, like, we go watch football a lot. So I'll go watch the football games, you know, and see people on their phones all the time. <laughs> I'm like, you know, phones are fabulous. I love mine. It's probably an addiction of mine too, but um, you know, you've got to, at what point, you know, do you have to stop? Right. So it's kind of like spend time together, make sure you're spending concerted time together, that you're consciously spending time together. Um, you know, maybe make an agreement, say, Hey, if it's something you, you know, like Erica said, if you have just one person who's invested in recultivating the relationship or cultivating the relationship at all, it's not gonna work. You have to have two people invested, right? Because what happens is one person's trying and the other person is, is so wrapped up and maybe they're wrapped up in their phone or maybe they're just wrapped up in doing other things or their hobbies or their interests. But unless you are jointly doing things together, you're not going to build together, right? It just, you start tearing apart. And I know this happened and I'll tell you for sure this happened in my parents' marriage. My dad was very into doing his own thing. Like he wanted to do his hobbies. And my mom told me this before, like, well, after I was an adult, like they, my parents got divorced when I was young, but, um, when I got older and my mom, I was old enough to understand my mom was kind of explaining to me. She's like, yeah, I guess I could have tried harder. She told me, she's like, I could have tried harder, but she goes, it was really difficult. She goes, it wasn't that there. I didn't love your dad. She goes, of course I loved your dad. She goes, but his stuff was more important than me. You know, he, he had his hobbies, his interests, his work. And she said his, um, hobbies like he was really like my dad has always been very passionate about um one thing or another like for a time i remember when i was young he was into making wine and he was into making cheese and he was into growing gardens and then he was into like he likes to try a different thing like he'll he'll get fixated on a hobby for a couple of years and then he moves on to something else so then it was fly fishing and then it was you know building you know making flies and it was woodworking and my dad's very handy he could do a lot of things so you know he likes to do a lot of stuff like that which is great right? Be interested, have your hobbies, do stuff like that, you know, further yourself with what, what lights you up. I would never discourage anyone from that. However, my mom also told me that it was like, my dad's work came first, then his hobbies came next. And whatever time he had left over was for the family. And then any time after the family was left for her. And you cannot have a relationship like that. It will not last. And that's why my parents ended up getting divorced. And they were married for 16 years, I think. And they got divorced 17 years, maybe. And, um, and then they ended up getting divorced. And my mom says she's regretted it. But she said at the same time, she's like, you know, she, she didn't have anybody to talk to. She's like, I literally had no one to talk to. And um, she's like, he's so wrapped up in his own stuff. And she's like, you grow apart from situations like that. So it's really key to pay attention to how much time you've got to, got to. And like I said, I keep saying this again and again, but you've got to make time for each other. You have to sit down. And when you have one person that's willing to do it and one person that isn't, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And all you can do is say, Hey, listen, you know, this is what I'm observing. And I see that this is how I feel. I feel that, you know, you're more interested in spending time doing all these other things than spending time with me. And I feel like we're losing each other. And if you want to stay invested in this relationship, 
then, you know, we need to sit down and figure out and plan a game of attack. So how can you still do your hobbies and how can we still spend time together so that we're equally working on our relationship just as much as you're being able to do your stuff? Because I think it's important for people to be able to have their own separate interests. You know, I think it's important for women to have their girlfriends and go out to do things separately, you know, because you're still a person. There's you, there's the husband, and then there's the couple. You know, you're still you. It's important for you to have your own interests and your own things that you want to pursue, your own passions, your own dreams, your own hobbies, those things, right? Outside of the relationship where it's only you, right? Only you, not you and your kids, not you and your husband, but only you, you know? Like there are certain things I do that I know my husband would never understand, but, you know, he supports me in doing the things I want to do in the time I do. And we just clear clear it with each other, right? I don't ask permission, but I'm like, Hey, I've got this going on and this going on. What's your schedule look like? Well, he's got this going on, this going on. Okay. So those are the things you want to do. These are things I want to do. Where are we going to spend time together? Where are we going to spend time as a family? And you sit down and you plan that shit, right? You plan it. So like we do this all the time. Now we sit down and we have our schedule and I'm like, you know, he's like, what are you doing this weekend? And I'm like, well, I only have this event and I've got this I got to do. And he's like, great. I would really love to go out to dinner um, with my friends this night and I have a friend coming in from out of town. Can we all go out to dinner, all of us? And then maybe you and I can go do this the next day. I'm like, perfect. You know, and we sit and talk about it, you know, open communication. You've got to talk and you've got to plan because if you don't plan for that stuff, I promise you again and again, it's so easy to get slipped up into routine. You get slipped up into routine. You get slipped up into pattern. You get slipped up in habits. And before you know it, time goes fast and it's like two, three years, four years later. And then you're like left with holding your hands going, wow, who's this person standing in front of me? I don't even recognize you. You know, and it happens to more people than you think. And it's very easily, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope and you have got to stay on top of it. And it takes both of you. So, you know, if you're finding yourself in that position and you're finding that maybe your partner is not all that is not as, as aware maybe as you are of what's going on, you need to sit down and say, listen, we've got to freaking talk and make them sit down and listen to you and be like, phones down. You need to hear me. Like, I'm worried about our relationship, that this is how I feel. You know, this is not going to go anywhere. It's not going to get any better. You know, we have got to get back to being connected because if not, I'm worried about what's going to happen. You know, it's not about blaming each other, but it's like, I'm worried, you know, that we might not survive in 10 years if we keep going down this road, you know? So catch it early, make the, have the conversation, have those difficult conversations, sit down and make a plan. It may feel routine. You know, it may feel like, God, who wants to schedule sex? But you know what? If you have to schedule it until you get back to being connected to together where it's more natural and and it just happens, then do it. It's better than not doing it at all. Schedule it. And I know it sounds creepy, but I mean, schedule it, schedule it, schedule that time. And then, and then once you get back to being like in the flow of being with each other again and being in that relationship again, where you're like, okay, now I feel back to connected. Now, you know, it's more, 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 there's more intimacy between us. Then you don't have to do so much of the scheduling nights out because you're naturally like, okay, now we know this is how we're going to do it. So what are we going to do this weekend? And when you go out this weekend, they'll go, okay, so these are the nights I know we're going to be home together. So these are the nights I know we can have time alone together. We can have date nights. We can have intimate nights together, whatever. And then you naturally have those experiences and those times together. But if you have to go out and schedule it, I'm saying do it, schedule it. It's better to schedule it than to not do it at all because you'll regret it later.
And that's about all I have to say on that topic. <laughs> I know, Erica, what else do you want to add to the conversation? I think that's about all I have to share. I was going to wrap things up. So back to you. Okay. The most important thing is to be honest with each other and honest to your feeling. You know, sometimes you are no longer connected with your passion because your relationship runs its course. But for whatever the reason you want to be together because you have other reasons besides you love this person. So you want to hold on to this relationship. Even you are in the happy relationship, like soulmate couples or twin flame couples, you may go through the loss of passion because not the both parties are investing into the relationship and connection because, you know, one party going to feel like oh, he or she's not going anywhere because we're so happy with each other. So it's very important for us to be aware how we are feeling and communicating with each other and creating our rituals to be connected with each other emotionally and uh, physically. So next week, um, we are going to have a great topic again. And next time is uh, Tanya's room. And we are going to have usually relationship topic or spiritual topic. So stay tuned. And then we're going to see each other again on the 12 o'clock on Wednesday. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Tonya. Perfect. Thanks, Erica. It was a pleasure. Thank see you. Soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye now. Thank you so much for listening. So if you guys are having problem about having a passion, let's have a free coaching call how to get Sizzle back fast and you can book in the description box. See you guys next week. Bye.